and one. Garage Logic Pot. No. Nope. Pot. Let's start with Mike, huh? Mike Fratelloni. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic <laughs> Podcast number 420, July 17th, 2020. The high on this date occurred in 1936 when it was 99. And on two occasions, it was as chilly as 52 degrees, 1937 and 1976, brought to you by Aquaside, keeping your beach free of weeds for more than 60 years. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Chris, you owe me an apology. All right, I'm sorry. Right off the bat, huh? Uh, Kelsey informs me that I correctly pronounced the name of the Trump impersonator at the 4559 mark of yesterday's podcast. Oh. Further evidence, Kelsey notes, of the fact that the staff really doesn't listen to you. <laughs> Speaking of that, what podcast number is this? This is 420. Oh, good. So I'm here for like a, a small milestone. Lit, by the way, lit. Yeah, it's going to be lit. 420 lit. And by the way, um, just so, Rook, I saved this for you when you were going to be here today. Yeah. When Just so the audience knows, every time Joe says, don't be saving that stuff, Larry, right. we always save we're that. We're saving it. Yeah, yeah we save that for personal game, whether it's Joe or Patrick. Uh, we always sign? Yeah. <laughs> Rook, did you reach uh, LD? I have texted him. I have not heard back yet. But mm-hmm. he's usually pretty. He's probably... He's on a case. He's probably in a scuba gear on the bottom of Mud Lake. Yeah, could be. Could be. He'll get back to us. Uh, listen to this one from the Field Academy, and this is from a guy, a uh, young guy named Luke. I'm sorry, Leo from New Prague. Some of uh, your Failed Academy stories you read on the air are ridiculous, but this Failed Academy, st- Academy story I found on my own is so utterly stupid that I had to share it with you. I was on ESPN.com when I found a story about the University of Wisconsin changing the W on their crest from white to black in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. Here's the thing. I get it. Everybody doesn't want to be a racist, but is, is a rational person going to look at a white W and say, wow, that's pretty racist? Where does this stop? If I own a white car, do I have to change the color to black so I can show my solidarity? Should I start drinking chocolate milk instead of white milk? Uh, should I stop wearing white T-shirts so I can be more inclusive? None of this means anything. It's grandstanding at its finest. What scares me the most about this story is that the students push for this change, not the administration. I'll be starting my first semester of college this August, and if I meet anyone who is offended by a white W or things of that nature, I'll be running for the hills. Keep pushing back, Leo from New Prague. No, Leo, it seems to me you've already established in this brief note your credentials as a young GLer, you cannot run for the hills. You are agent in charge of where you're attending school to push back. Yep. Push back, young man. Mm-hmm. Push back. Push back. Don't let these idiots get away with this nonsense. Doesn't mean a thing. Uh, what was I going to just tell? Oh. Uh, no, where is it? Dang it. I had a, a big story here and I can't find it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. I'm going to fight it. The brightest comet in 25 years is appearing, uh, this Neowise. And I I guess you go outside and you look towards the Big Dipper and you'll see it. Oh, sure. 
but right. I, I haven't uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, the last comet, the last time a comet this bright was visible to the naked eye was the Hale Bopp comet in 1995 and 1996. If you haven't gotten a look at Comet Neowise, you'll want to get away from light pollution out where you can see the stars clearly, then just look below the Big Dipper. And do so soon, because once this one disappears from view, view we won't see it again for nearly 7,000 years. So we ain't going to see it. Uh, boy, I, if I don't get it this time. Right. You right, ain't going nowhere. I ain't right. going nowhere. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to have a chance. And now, now, tonight it sounds like it will be very... Uh, uh, iffy to see anything in the nighttime sky. Uh, this hot, humid weather might crank up some storms, particularly in northern Minnesota. So I don't know what the sky cover will be here in the sustainable urban core closest to the country's tallest buildings, where the political actions continue to be a failure. I'm seeing clouds from 9 until about 5 a.m. Do you know that there's a homeless encampment in St. Paul uh, at Kenwood Park? I did not know this. Do you know Kenwood Park? Kenwood Park is where? Uh, It's a traffic island, essentially, on what I would consider perhaps the wealthiest cul-de-sac in St. Paul. Uh, Beautiful, beautiful stately homes built in the 20s and 30s. It's, it's, let me see if I can... Well, uh, those are just people with privilege, Joe. West Franklin? No, no. Kenwood Park in St. Paul. Oh, I'm look. I'm sorry, I entered in the wrong. Uh, it's a traffic island. There was a picture of the encampment in the Star, Star Tribune today. Let okay, me describe. Let me describe where this is for you. Uh, can you imagine uh, Grand and Dale? Yes. Okay. Now go uh, go south on Dale to Fairmont. Yep. Uh, no, let's see. How do I describe yeah. where this is? Well, trust me, it's in a very uh, gorgeous. Uh, you know, it's a nice it's area. Crocus, it's basically Crocus Hill. Right, right. Holy buckets. So it's off of St. Albans Street, Osceola, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. Pleasant. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pleasant would be below. Right, right. Which is what is now the practice freeway. Correct. Yeah. Okay, I know. I, I don't, I haven't been to that park, but I know where it is. You got to live someplace, I guess, huh? Wow. That's amazing. Uh I, I don't know what the future of that is. It, it, it surprises me because it's such, it's not a park. It's just a traffic, it's a traffic circle island. It's an island of grass and trees, but not, it's not even as big as a, it's much smaller than a football field. Well, how long before they take over the Crocus Triangle, which is a stone's throw away? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's on, uh, what's that, Lincoln and Dale? Yes. Goodrich and Dale? Yes, Goodrich. Yeah. Oh, Goodrich right, and Dale. Switch. I'm looking at a satellite image. It's just merely the green space in a cul-de-sac. Right, right. Wow. Nice so, homes there. So oh, let's continue. Let's continue to think outside the box. Uh, how would they have? How would they have thought of? You're right. There's no amenities there. I'm zooming no. in too, Kenny. There's there's some shade, but there's okay. there's no facilities, no fountain, okay. no water. I, I'm immediately rushing to the conspiracy theory here. Because mm-hmm. I agree with Rook. That's the first question I had. How did they find out about this? How did they end up there without some guidance from somebody somewhere? Well, I did some homework uh, because I couldn't believe at first when I saw that the uh, encampment was in in Kenwood Park. So I Googled it. And sure enough, it's the Kenwood Park that's on one of my rock walking routes. Uh, gorgeous area. and But 
it's it's so small that I, I don't know how they can possibly be comfortable there. There's no water. There's no uh, sanit. There's no toilets. There's no. Uh, there's nothing. It's, it's it's about big enough for two kids in the neighborhood to play catch in. What would you say the average price is uh, per household in that area? Oh, Pretty easily cool. easily over a mill. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. those neighbors are looking over their shoulder. One point something at least. <clears throat> well, let's think outside the box. Where the homeless need to be taken care of, they need to be housed. Okay. Uh, my idea of using that Blix bricks or whatever it was, Bix, Bix. Uh, uh, fruit market building that the governor claimed he needed as a morgue. Uh, and I said, let's get in there and create some, some comfortable units with the uh, proviso that treatment is provided. And it's been pointed out to me by several people that no, people would not choose that option because they don't want treatment and they want to continue to lead their lifestyle. So, so now where do we go? Okay. Uh, I, I read uh, an idea someone had about creating a homeless village at the state fairgrounds. Hmm. Uh, I'm sure that I'm sure Jerry Hammer would not be terribly excited about that. But think of the empty buildings there that are only used 12 days a year. Okay, and that is right. a, that is already owned by the state. So right, Rook right. with the uh, Rook with the wax hands booth be yeah, available. Yeah, we'll fire them up. Fire them up. The homeless wax hands. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so state fairgrounds was an idea. My uh, my my uh, a morgue building is an idea because it'll never be needed as a morgue. Uh, then I heard another com- or read another comment from somebody who said, "How about U.S. Bank Stadium?" Well, okay, it's a large indoor unused building, but that's not going to happen. Best of luck with that. Yeah, one. that's Great. not going to happen. Uh, and then what happens to downtown property values, which are already in decline, uh, if you start turning vacant office buildings into homeless shelters? Oh. Well, I'm, I'm just, people need a place to live and we can't have them suffering. What are we going to do here? Well, Joe, we saw what they did to the hotel in South Minneapolis. I know, I know, I know. And what, and, uh, and what business that's currently occupying either around or near there well they're not going to go for that i understand i'm just i'm just throwing I'm, I'm tossing i'm brainstorming i'm tossing things out You're an it's unex- guy. Yeah. it's unacceptable for the homeless to be living in city parks it's just unacceptable it's not sanitary and it's not safe they're already uh you know we're already worried about school kids around powderhorn park right where there was more violence yesterday and there was more violence in a P. Is it a PV park or PV playing field? PV Plaza. No, PV Park or PV, PV park. play. There were shootings there, and uh, it's just it's just a dreadful, dreadful problem that's been exacerbated by political incompetence and policies that have resulted in this kind of of, of living conditions. Now you can't lay this at the feet of Lisa Bender. It's not her fault that someone is a drug addict and homeless. But housing policies have been dreadful for people of little means. It's just been dreadful. Right. And, and all, the, all the political incompetents want to do is continue that dreadfulness by building high-rise stacks of rental properties. There's really, uh, there's really no opportunity to buy a home. Uh, despite the city con- or the state contributing to a housing fund now to help people, I don't know who would qualify or why, but... If, if you give someone a house, they will not, chances are, they will not develop a sense of propriety compared to someone who actually earned 
a house. Does that make sense? Sure. Yes. I mean, look at the way rental properties get trashed because people have no cases, vested interest. Yeah. They have yeah, no vested in interest. You're, yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. But what what do you do now? These people, it's going to be 100 degrees. These people are suffering. What the hell is going to happen? I, I, uh, so I can, okay, State Fair, U.S. Bank, office buildings, uh, but how, how is behavior going to be enforced? Because you're right, they, tr- right after the month of George Floyd, uh, a hotel was made available to the homeless. Uh, what, on Lake Street, Kenny? Or right off uh, Lake? Well, yeah, yeah, close, close enough, yeah, close to Lake Street. And it was trashed. Yeah, completely. It was destroyed. Yeah. So good-hearted people can come up with all the ideas in the world, but how is behavior going to be enforced? How is moral and ethical integrity going to be enforced? What are how, is, how is weaning people off drug addiction going to be enforced if they won't accept help to get weaned off drug addiction? Well, and a lot of the times, okay, there are programs out there, but they choose not to go to the program because you, gotta be, you have to be uh, off the hooch. Rook, you might have missed it. I can't remember if you were here or not when I read the letter from a retired uh, law enforcement officer who uh, worked in a northern California city, which he didn't name. I suspect it was San Francisco. I could be wrong. But he, uh, his host drove him, uh, said, I want to show you something. And they went down into an industrial area of the city where an entire street had been surrendered to the homeless. Mm. And they were living in cardboard shacks and tents and what have you. And the guy said, what? His host said, watch this. And they drove a little further, and there was row after row after row of micro houses. That, that looked like sheds, but were nicer than sheds. And, and uh, the guy who emailed me said, I just assumed it was a shed company. And the, his host said, no, these houses have been offered to people, wow. but they have to follow rules. Okay. And, they, and not one of those houses was being lived in because they didn't want to follow the rules. Wow. So that's what we're up against here is, is if good-hearted souls come up with an answer uh, to house the homeless – and get them help, A, they have to accept the help with provisions, and their behavior has to be commendable. And that's only common sense. That's, that's, the, that's the way to get you back on track. If you, are, if you are really in a rut, that's the way to get you back on track, and you should want to do that. And I know that there's a considerable percentage of the homeless people who are homeless through just desperate times. They're not drug addicts. Uh, they, they work. But they've they've experienced such financial strife in their lives that they've lost their homes, and they, they they've lived out of their cars, uh, they've done whatever they can to keep working and keep feeding their family. But they can't they can't get a, maybe those are the people that could get some housing help from the state, but they can't get a leg up and get back into a home. Wow. And contrary to everything we've been saying although it's still going to happen in my estimation. Housing sales in the Twin Cities are booming. 30-year mortgage rates are the lowest in history. The median price of a house in Minneapolis has risen to above 300000 The median has risen above, I think it's 309000 And they're selling like hotcakes. So in any event, uh, it's a it's a... It's a problem that I, I have no I have no anticipation that anyone currently in an elected position in either city can solve. Oh, they cannot solve no. it. They cannot solve it. Yeah, if you put a, if you gave a timeline to say when will this be solved, you'd still have to be out six months. Winter maybe. 
maybe with the um, the ice and snow will force Powderhorn uh, to make major changes up until that point. What's really the incentive? The athletic club is now home to about 30 homeless families. Whoa. Uh, now, Rupp is not, not, not that altruistic. The owner, he owns that, the university club and the Commodore. But he sees the wisdom. And look, I got empty rooms. No one's staying here. And he's going to get paid by the state uh, for the use of those rooms. And uh, he's apparently confident that uh, measures have been put in place for, to ensure behavior. Hmm. The athletic club. Hmm. Wow. Once the grand dame yeah. of downtown St. Paul. Where they played medicine ball with diapers. Yeah, they had diapers. They were wearing diapers on the rooftop. <laughs> on the roof, they had diapers. <laughs> Threw a medicine ball. Scared the hell out of me as a kid, I'll yeah. tell you that. Got guys walking around either with nothing on or with diapers on. I thought, what the hell is <laughs> hey, this? Hey, Such, how you doing? What's going on? What's coming up on the ride? What's coming up on the ride? <laughs> but my God, have you been in the lobby of the athletic club in your lifetime? I have. Well, majestic, yes. beautiful, giant fireplace you could stand in. Total One of those, old school downtown. I mean, just yeah. it's old school is what it is. Nah, it was the only old school white downtown. Ah, pardon me. Which is what it was. That's what it was. There's no doubt that that's what it was. It wasn't woke enough. It was not a woke place. It had not awakened. Just hadn't awakened. <laughs> Well, I got a big carload going out to White Bear today. Oh, yeah? What are you going to do? Uh, I think they're going to my sister's. Going to go out there to pick some lake weeds, huh? They don't have to. It's all been oh, treated why? with Aquaside. Oh. It's all been treated. It's weed-free. It's glorious. Uh, and Aquaside, uh, White Bear Lake Company, and that's where they're going, White Bear Lake. Uh, they've, been, they've been doing this since 1956. They'll take care of weeds, algae, unidentified vegetation, They'll probably stick a spear in that dead carp if you need them to and pull it out of there. Uh, they've been, it's just a fabulous uh, way to keep your lake free, uh, lake beach free of weeds. The Aquaside products are easy to use. They work right away. The projects are registered with both the EPA and DNR and are completely safe for you, the fish, and your family. So don't let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call Aquaside. They'll help you identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. Check out those Aquaside pellets, the top seller. They're as classic as a Chris Craft boat. Garage Logic will resume. Mate Schmate. Here's Joe Suchere. I know how you fellas all are up for a good festival. Raspberry Festival going on Come this on. weekend in Hopkins. And 30 Bales Restaurant is at the heart of it all in downtown Hopkins. They are open for happy hour from 3 to 6 p.m. Tuesday through Friday. And by the way, it's a glorious weekend. Take your family out to eat. Rookie, yeah, the Juicy Lucette. You, the Juicy you, Lucette you, you have sounds to do it. fantastic. I got another note on Twitter. I believe it was from Mark that said he tried it as well at 30 Bales Restaurant. They are a scratch Midwest kitchen, and they also have fantastic cocktails. Take the family for brunch this weekend if you want, or just go for dinner. They still are doing takeout, too, if uh, you're more comfortable going that route. Check out their entire menu. 30bales.com is their website. And uh, please. Whose who's tongue is that? That's uh, Joe's, I believe. Oh. And please let them know that you heard about it on the Garage Logic <laughs> podcast. Perfect, Perfect health. health. You got it.
Wow. I want to read you a very charming email from, let me go to the bottom. Here we go. I can't read the whole thing. It's too long. Uh, okay. Gee whiz, it's long. It's uh, from Rebecca. Okay. And she starts off her email uh, by uh, saying uh, she was reminded of her own experience when we played the video of the nine one or played the audio of the nine one one call of the woman out east who was trapped in the middle of a, a, a protest march, Virginia. Fredericksburg, Virginia. And it reminded her of back in nineteen ninety two. She was in a class at the University of San Francisco, and when she came out and got on the city bus, she did not know that while she was in the classroom, the Rodney King verdict came in on the four coppers, finding oh, them not guilty. Wow. And suddenly a thousand people were marching up the street and they were smashing car windows and smashing the bus up and how the bus driver uh, told them to all get down on the floor and the whole deal. It was a harrowing, harrowing. She's a good writer. It's a long, long piece. But then she gets to Reavers, a, a treat that I want to give you. Okay. Because we uh, don't permit you to tell town ball stories because they're essentially as, as dry as cement. But, <laughs> but Rebecca Rook, as near as I can figure, uh, is a relative of Louis Cardinal. Okay. So here's the, this is her part of the email. Since Reavers is always talking about town ball, I thought I'd share the following. Just before the pandemic lockdown, my dad wanted to go to the casino, so I drove him down to Treasure Island. On the way, we passed the turnoff for Meesville, and he told me a story about my grandfather, Louis Cardinal, that I'd never heard before. For you new listeners, Louis Cardinal was a staple of, uh, well, basically a staple of Saturday sports talk and Monday night sports talk. A delightful, delightful chap who told great stories from yesteryear about baseball in the state of Minnesota. Right, Rook? Yes, that's spot on. In the early 1950s, Louie used to umpire town ball games occasionally at Meesville. Oftentimes, he would take a couple of kids along for the game. On this occasion, he'd taken my dad, Jake, who was about 10, and his younger brother, Spike, who was about 8. There's just two names right out of, the, of a different America, Jake and Spike. Because budgets were tight back then, the teams had an offer where if you caught a foul ball, you could turn it in at the end of the game and they would give you a nickel. My dad and his brother would work as a team. Because Jake had 20-20 vision and Spike was already wearing Coke bottle thick glasses by the age of eight, Jake would position himself as high as he could in the bleachers and Spike would stand just beyond the outfield fence. When a ball would go over the wall, Jake would point to where it landed so Spike could retrieve it. On this particular afternoon, they got in a pretty good haul, about 10. As they went to turn them in, Spike turned to Jake and said, you know, our ball at home is getting pretty beat up. We should really keep one. For some reason, throughout their childhood, they seemed to only ever own one baseball between them. Jake agreed that theirs was falling apart, so Spike tucked the best of those they'd collected in his pocket. They turned in the rest and divided their nickels. On the drive home, they made it all the way back to their exit off Highway 61 to the east side of St. Paul. When Louie glanced in the rearview mirror, saw Spike playing with the ball and demanded, where in the hell did you get that? <laughs> Spike tried to plead his case. Well, you know, our ball at home is starting to come apart at the seams, so we thought we'd keep one. Without a word, oh, Louie no. exited, turned around, and got back on the freeway to return to Meesville. As my dad was recounting the story, I said, wait a minute, hadn't everyone already cleared out from the game and gone home by the time you got back down there? He replied, Louie knew where the coach lived. 
They pulled up to the coach's house. The coach, Ma, and the kids were sitting at the dinner table having their supper. Louie rang the doorbell, handed the coach the ball, and said something to the effect of, yeah, my stupid kids kept one. See you next time. Then he got back in the car for the long, quiet drive home. Can you imagine, she notes, can you imagine something like that happening today? No. Mother of God. I, I believe that story, knowing Louie as yes. well as I did. I absolutely believe that's a true story. High integrity, yep. uh, all that kind of stuff. Oh, he was a mother wonderful of God. person. And she also is a friend of Jonathan Schmelz from Schmelz Countryside. Uh, she went through the same grade school in the same class as Jonathan Schmelz. He went by J.J. One afternoon in around the fifth grade, all the kids were hyped up about a sporting event that was going to be on TV that night. One of the kids turned to J.J. and said, Hey, J.J., are you watching the game tonight? J.J. replied, No, I can't. i got to go back and restock my vending machines. Check this out. From a very young age, the old man, and by the old man, I think it was actually Grandpa, was grooming a young Jonathan Schmelz to one day take over the business. He'd set him up with a couple of vending machines at the dealership and I think one other location. They were entire JJ, entirely JJ's responsibility. He had to order the snacks and pop and keep an inventory. Maybe every, every other week he had to restock the machines, take out everything that was approaching its expiration date, and empty out the change. Back then, you couldn't just take a bucket of change to the bank, so we had to count the change, roll it, and take it to the bank. He kept a ledger of deposits and expenses. And if any of the machines needed repairs, it was up to him to call the repairman and pay out of the profits. I'm sure it also taught him to recognize trends. Was Dr. Pepper a big seller this week? Maybe add in an extra row. Then he had to reconcile everything at the end of the year. Had Rookie been in our class, no doubt he and J.J. would have been the best of friends because sometimes J.J. had snacks that were nearing their expiration date and he would bring them to share with his classmates he was a nice kid and you can let him know the next time i'm shopping for a vehicle i'll be stopping by looking for my former classmate discount take care and good luck rebecca i told you it was a multi uh, schmelz countryside nice. it was a multi-generational dealership that's their only store selling volkswagens alfa romeos and fiats my father got a volkswagen there i mean i go back with this dealership more than 50 60 years and it's where i'll be getting my next car having already purchased many vehicles from schmelz countryside volkswagen in maplewood schmelz countryside volkswagen fiat and alfa romeo it's on the southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61, and right now, 0% for 72 months with a 120-day uh, payment deferral on all 2019 and 2020 Volkswagens, including the new flagship, the Atlas Cross Sport. 0% interest for up to 60 months on certified pre-owned vehicles. So what do you do? You go to the websites, SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com, and SchmelzFiat.com. Select the car you're interested in. Call Schmelz for an appointment. They'll have it ready for you for a test drive and demonstration, and you'll have your own personalized experience. Call Schmelz Countryside at 651-243-4316. Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood. I have a uh, story I want to share with you uh, about the, uh, the cancel culture. Before, um, okay. Uh, yeah, I, go I, ahead. I, we did find a call from Louie yeah. when he called Sports Talk. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do what you do and we'll, we'll, when we come back from a break, work that in, or do you want that now? Let's hear it right now. The, the Louis Cardinal that Rebecca uh, is referring to, her grandfather was Louis Cardinal. Hello? Yeah. 
Really? I know, Lodge. You better quit telling people you get paid for not working or they'll go back to them baseball salaries. <laughs> it's only about three times a year, Louie. <laughs> Sounds like you and me got the same cold. Oh, jeez, I got a little. Say, were you a little concerned when Creighton started tossing your kid up? No, I thought it was kind of neat. <laughs> oh, I was... I thought, geez, if they get him up too high, they might not catch him on the way down. Oh, he's, he's, yeah. a, he's about he's about a hundred pounder. They could catch yeah, him. Oh, he's more than that. <laughs> well, uh, Pat, what happened Saturday? Did I do something wrong? What? Well, when I uh, hung up and I got on the radio, you were uh, you said the S word. You, you were apologizing. Who the hell were you talking to? You said the S word, Louis. Yeah. Right in the middle of the conversation. Gee, where's this woman that was on about that woman that's uh, on the TV or the early morning show? She was saying God about 90 times. Mm -hmm. Well, you said the S word. But you said on Holy Saturday, Louie? <laughs> said the S word, yeah. <coughs> Say, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Perfect. I out on the garden. I planted my potatoes today. Hey, I got to come over. Yeah. We're going to have, I'd love to just do some garden stuff for the show this year, uh, this summer, you know, gardening with Louie. Okay, so much. Got to see the tomatoes. When do we put the tomatoes in? That's a long oh, time. Oh, that ain't till May 30th. All right. Now, what do you do? When do these potatoes make an appearance then? Oh, uh, uh, you can get small ones the 4th of July. What are these, big russets? Oh, or? they're ten effects, and boy, they're big. And then I got red ones. Well, I don't like the stuff. damn red ones. They got too <laughs> many pits in them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, they're good. Uh, I agree with you. I don't like the red ones. Yeah, uh, geez, they're, they're hard as rocks, you know. Yeah. Not gun, they're good eating. What about corn? When's that going? Oh, hell, I ain't going to put that in. <laughs> you don't? Gonna, every time. I haven't got a big garden like that. Well, mm -hmm. you told me you had a big garden. Well, it ain't that big. Don't <laughs> plant any of that zucchini. You got enough zucchini for 20 years. No, I ain't. That's, uh, All right, we thank eat you. that right as it grows. So he grows his own vegetables in his backyard, and he returns foul balls, even if it means an extra two hours in the car. And so that's why that? Sports Talk was a success. Yes, because we rarely talked about sports. <laughs> Who is that guy playing Souchere? I didn't. Even I didn't sound like me, him. did it? Well, well he's got know. the young pipes. Did you? Uh, did you swing by and pick yeah, up? Yeah. What some day did you? Uh, you swing by there? To I, pick I, up, I, uh, I did. I, I, I was. No, I went to Louis' house on more than one occasion. Uh, one time, I went there because he gave me. I just did a Schmelz ad, and I didn't need to. Yep. <laughs> Okay. Well, good for them. They deserve it. Yes. Uh, I went one time. He gave me his old Pacific Railroad Winter Carnival marching. I coat, remember that. Okay, which I then donated to the Winter Carnival Association, and it's on display every year in their museum. After I wore it once in the, in the parade. Uh, and the second time I went was just to shoot the breeze with him because I was fascinated that Louie had a barn in his backyard. Yeah. Over he didn't on live Edgerton, on a, right? Yeah, yeah. He didn't live on a farm. I mean, he lived right uh, right in Maplewood, and he had a beautiful red barn in his yard. And uh, I, I was, I think I maybe was trying to hint around that, geez, Louie, I'd, I'd love to use that barn for some storage. Store a boat in there. <laughs> yeah, get a boat in yeah. there, a, a car, and a, I never did get around to ask him that. How, that's uh, all right. how busy was that? When you wore that coat in that parade, Yeah. how uh, how busy or how well-lined were the streets of St. Paul for that winter carnival back then? That truly was 100,000 people. Yeah, that really yeah. was. Those yeah. are the glory days. You know what it was? 
I think I'm looking at a picture of it right now. It was when I drove a Zamboni in the parade. Lucky duck. I'm looking at the Damn coat it. right now. I'm looking at the coat. I There's can picture, a picture the coat. Here. It's like the coat of many colors or whatever yeah, it is. It's green and white. Right. And, and it was wool. And, and uh, all of people used to have those back in the days of marching. But it, that's that was not a woke uh, association. It was all. It was very white. Very mm. white. Very Swedish. Uh, Definitely. A lot of, a lot of Johnsons and Andersons. And <laughs> yes. Two professors from Princeton University co-authored a column published Thursday that took apart the country's current cancel culture. These are two, these are two not failed professors from a failed academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they consider the cancel culture to be based on twisted logic, but they said if the trend continues, the movement should consider relegating the Democratic Party to the dustbin of history. Didn't I say that a couple of weeks ago? That if you're going to start canceling stuff, you got to cancel the Democrats. Right. Because if you're canceling uh, names of buildings and if you're canceling uh, statues because of the history of the, uh, uh, the, of the history of the person the name was blamed uh, named for, then you have to look at the history of the Democratic Party, these guys argue. Sergio Kleinerman, a math professor, and John Londrigan, a professor of politics and international affairs, co-authored the piece called A Modest Proposal for a Name Change, which appeared on the National Review's website. They point out that there is a clear movement afoot in the country that aims to erase the symbols and exemplars of American society that have suddenly become the targets of an unprecedented iconoclastic purge. Uh, several of these targets, Civil War generals, slave owners, are, are uh, uh, anticipated to go, but they also point out that the movement goes much further. Universities across the U.S., for example, are quickly changing the names on school buildings to keep up with the trend. They pointed out that their own university, Princeton, changed the name of its Woodrow Wilson School. Christopher L. Eisgruber, the school's president, wrote in a letter last month that the school's board of trustees concludes that Wilson's racist views and policies make him an inappropriate namesake for the School of Public and International Mm -hmm. Affairs. Those in favor of removing statues and renaming school buildings insist they have no interest in erasing the country's history. They say that in order for the country to move forward to more racial equality, these symbols need to be removed because they create additional hurdles on that path. But critics have asked just how far will this cancer go? It is a cancer. This yes. cancel culture will go. Kleinerman and Londegren wrote, shall we also the change, change the names of months? We might start with July, which honors Julius Caesar, who by common standards committed genocide against the Gauls, and August, named after the man who put the last nail in the coffin of the Roman Republic and declared himself emperor. Both were slave owners themselves, as well as leaders of vast slave empires. The two then looked at the history of the Democratic Party that up to the 1960s was the party of slavery, Jim Crow, segregation, the Ku Klux Klan, lynching, poll taxes, and literacy tests for voting. They listed other offenses that Democrats committed in the previous decades, including President Franklin D. Roosevelt's treatment of Japanese Americans during World War II, and noted that the party has been able to redefine itself over the past half century as the champion of minorities, which is a falsehood. They are not the champion of minorities. But they concluded that the party's divide-and-conquer approach concerning race, ethnicity, sex, and sexual preferences has advanced their political ambitions to the detriment of our unifying motto, E Pluribus Unum. Isn't that wonderful? Mm -hmm. These are are two not-failed professors from the failed academy. You know, the Democrats were so profoundly 
against uh, the advancement of black people. They were called the Dixiecrats. When, when Hubert Humphrey first got out to Washington, he, he was legitimately, incredibly uh, introducing the idea that you, you Southern Dixiecrats are nuts. We've got to have some civil rights here. And he was, he was rebuffed at every turn. Mm. He was rebuffed at every turn. But they were called the Dixiecrats. They were so entrenched in their, uh, in their Southern ways. But I thought that, So uh, what do you think is going to happen to these two professors? Are they, in fact, going to be canceled themselves, or will they just be routinely ignored? That's a great question. Uh, that's a that's a great question. Let's just keep our eyes out for that. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they're uh, heavily tenured and and uh, protected, but uh, that won't stop some people from trying to cancel them. I would imagine. Push back, professors. Push back. I got to tell you something else uh, troubling uh, when we come back. But first, I want to tell you about EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61 because GLers own Highway 61, the home of the Bentelli e-bike. Fabulous scooters that get about 75 miles to the gallon, turn every errand into an adventure. Yamaha motorcycles, recreational equipment for kids, helmets, clothing, service department is fantastic. Uh, Tim Bloom sends a truck through town once a day, picks up what needs servicing, takes it back to their service bay in uh, Forest Lake, repairs it, and brings it back to you for a nominal fee. It's fantastic. And, uh, of course, biking has taken the country by storm. And uh, I would call EcoFun, inquire after the availability of e-bikes, and then I would get out there tomorrow or today for a test drive. You won't regret it. They're really, really, really a neat piece of recreational equipment. They have you covered at EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Listen to that bass player yeah. stroll on down the lane. What's up, dude? Mm-hmm. Matthew? Yeah. If you're like me, when we went to break, Such was doing an eco-fund ad. You weren't paying attention, were you? Uh, was that what the ad he did? I thought he did another Schmelz ad. I'm sorry. <laughs> the reason I wasn't paying attention, because this week in your absence, we decided that we are going to throw together our very own Patriot Ride. It's a little different this year for the 2020 Patriot Ride. This year, we're building our own team. We're, we're uh, choosing our own route, and then we're riding together. And uh, it's going to be fun, a lot different than it has been uh, recently. And we decided that you and Such, me, Reavers, even Johnny Height, we're going to get, we're going to get uh, scooters from EcoFund, and we're going to do our own little Sunday morning Patriot ride. So I hope you're in. Yes, Are you in? of course. We, I can do figure eights. <laughs> Throughout the years, countless, countless. We're not doing a Shriner circus parade. <laughs> yeah, man. Hundreds of people have been volunteer uh, have volunteered. They've been in the background, putting this ride together, helping out uh, and supporting. And this year, it's our turn for all of those supporters. We're going to do it this year and show them what we've learned by uh, putting together our own teams, our own routes. The dollars raised by the Patriot Ride, it benefits the Minnesota Patriot Guard, Minnesotans Military Appreciation Fund, and the Minnesota Chapter of Tribute to the Troops. All you have to do is head to the PatriotRide.org PatriotRide.org. You'll find all the details. You can register your team, or if you want, just donate. Again, that's PatriotRide.org. The GL team, we are okay. going to do it. 
Yes, Chris. Uh, this just in from the Minneapolis Star Tribune, a story written by Miguel Ata, Atarola. The Minneapolis City Council has officially declared racism a public health emergency. The Minneapolis City Council declared racism an emergency uh, this morning, vowing to allocate funding and other resources to, quote, name, reverse, and repair the harm done to people of color in the city. The resolution was unanimously approved nearly two months after George Floyd was killed by Minneapolis police while in custody. During a committee meeting last week, uh, Vice President Andrea Jenkins said Floyd's killing black people's vulnerability to coronavirus and racial gaps in home ownership are issues that have been deeply agreed upon that at the core is racism. Well, the home ownership, Andrea, is a policy problem that you haven't been able to help. Uh, two, uh, what's what they're really saying. You know what this means, don't you? Yep. Reparations. Yep. That's what this is. Yep. We don't have any money. The... Uh, John Cass of the Chicago Tribune, I admire him as a columnist. He's a worthy successor to Mike Royko. Uh, and he had an interesting piece today, uh, which I found myself believing quite thoroughly, that uh, by, if Biden's elected, uh, he, he would not be capable of bringing the Democratic Party. He would not be capable of reining in uh, what the Democratic Party has become, and that is a massive leftward lean to uh, the mystery and he's he's not strong enough to to do that he's not strong enough to literally maybe physically and mentally not strong enough to bring that party back to a even a clinton era central uh, position and that he'll be taking his marching orders from the left which is why it's going to be terribly interesting to watch who his vice presidential pick is uh but i i find that thoroughly believable that he is uh, he is beholden now to the left uh, and the Democrat, this is not the Democratic Party of Her- Hubert Humphrey. This is a, and nor nor is the Republican Party, the Republican Party of Ronald Reagan or George even H W. Uh, both parties have become uh, strident in their in their uh, leaving the center, and the center is not holding. <clears throat> but keeping that in mind about Biden, I was reading today that as a massive, uh, as a part of a massive new. trillion dollar climate plan he unveiled this week remember Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he promised to shift america away from gas-powered vehicles through executive action on the first day of his presidency in the first key element of his campaign's plan for a clean energy revolution biden vowed to take executive action on day one to not just reverse all of the damage trump has done but go further and faster day one of the biden administration is going to be very busy to immediately make progress on his climate agenda, Biden will take actions including re- requiring aggressive methane pollution limits for new and existing oil and gas operations, developing rigorous new fuel economy standards aimed at ensuring 100% of new sales for light and medium-duty vehicles will be zero emissions, which means electric, and annual improvements for heavy-duty vehicles protecting America's national treasures by President Trump's attack on federal lands and water and banning new oil and gas leasing on public lands and waters. Should it be carried out, the move to develop fuel economy standards equivalent to electric vehicles would effectively outlaw the sale and production of gas-powered vehicles in the United States. 
While the campaign's proposal does not exactly say when Biden's 100% electric vehicle mandate would be implemented, it suggests that developing the new standards will be a majority priority of his energy policy early on in his presidency. Uh, the editorial board at Issues and Insights notes that House Democrats have already established a timetable in their new climate change plan, which calls for mandating 100% clean vehicles by 2035. Now, given what the party's become, can you see any uh, anybody in his party uh, saying, I'm not sure that's wise, Joe? Can you see anybody in of his party? Of course not. No. no. This will be greatly, uh, uh, gleefully seized upon. God. Yeah. Eliminating the internal combustion engine has long been a wish list for for progressive politicians, but regular Americans have been far less keen on jumping on the electric car bandwagon. According to the uh, Ins- Issues and Insights editorial board, plug-in electrics account for 0.5% of cars on the road and made up less than 2% of new vehicles sold in 2019. Besides, the technology behind electric cars in terms of its effectiveness and reducing carbon emissions has not been perfected. According to a 2018 study conducted by Politico, not exactly a right-wing news source, Having more electric cars on the road could actually increase pollution due to the emissions that come from producing electricity. (laughs) (laughs) Another study by the University of Michigan's Transportation Research Institute found that when electricity production was factored in, the average plug-in produces as much CO2 over its lifetime as a gas-powered car that gets 55 miles per gallon. In other words, the impact is negligible. But because it's such an optic for the Mysterians to to get America out of gas-powered cars. They won't look at that science, even though they're supposed to be the believers in science. They won't, they won't stop to consider that, well, wait a minute, is this trade-off worth it? Is the trade-off worth it to produce more electricity? Because they're opposed to nuclear plants. What's that mean? More coal? They're opposed to that. So, but I don't trust any of uh, Biden's party to come up to him and whisper in his ear and say, uh, I don't think you should do that on day one, Joe. We've got more urgent problems in this country. Hmm. Uh, but he'll be taking his orders from uh, from the squad, for example. They're very powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but again, see what happens? It's another example of the political class living on their own rail. They, they can probably survive without a car. We can't. No. Right. Working America can't. Uh, the, the energy produced by a gallon of gasoline remains one of God's miracles. And it, it's, it's what built this country. They don't care. They don't live in this country. The political class has their own bubble they live in. It, it, they, they have no consideration whatsoever for us. Yeah. Well, I've... I've preach that sermon a thousand times and I I don't know where else to take it but uh, GLers welcome to Frustrated Friday yeah right it really is it's been a nice show to that to this point but when you stop to realize what that means is do they care about the jobs in the automobile industry right. think of the no, millions no. of jobs in the automobile industry manufacturing they, parts supplying they, painting body shops whatever they don't care about any jobs anywhere no yeah, but we're we're now facing a reparation problem in Minneapolis. I I I think if you wanted to start paying reparations to people, you could you could line up the Irish, you could 
You could line up the Italians. You could line up the Poles. You could line up the blacks. You could line up the Latinos. That's not the way the world works. The world doesn't work that way. You don't write a check for past sins. I've had nothing to do with slavery. I've never owned one. I don't know if you guys knew that. Right. I've, I've never participated in that. Right. I, nor, nor did any of my ancestors. Nor did any of my ancestors. So I don't intend to be on the hook for any reparations. Right. I, I, I don't experience the presumed guilt that, uh, that Andrea Jenkins thinks I should have. I, I don't have any guilt. Uh, I've led my life as a decent human being. I don't, uh, I don't have any guilt whatsoever. And again, Lisa... Uh, Bender, if I need to call 911, A, I better damn well get a cop, and two, I'm not doing so out of an active privilege. It's what I pay for. It's what my taxes pay for. You nincompoop. <laughs> Flat nincompoop. out nincompoop. I like that one. Nincompoop is good. That nincompoop. Works. That nincompoop. Works. Yeah. <laughs> nincompoop. Well, I think we're going to be joined by our old friend Patrick, aren't we? We, we are. I want to tell well, you, though, about uh, it's a gorgeous day outside, and we appreciate the sun. And the sun can really help you out with your financial situation. I'm talking about solar. Livewire Solar is the local company that's out there and will help you save money. How? They'll give you a custom-designed solar energy system for your home or your business. Now, if you're worried about putting up the money, they have great financing programs and they're available where you can install a system with zero out-of-pocket costs and pay for it in four to six years with the money you'll save on your energy bill. If you think about that, that's pretty smart to do. No out-of-pocket, system paid for four to six years. If you want to save money on your energy bill for your business or your home, get in touch with Livewire Solar. They're the Midwest solar experts. They've been around for a long time. They're electrical contractors, so they can be hired for anything, but they want to focus on solar. They want you to get immediate savings. Call them. Have them run the number, 651-688-2400. Go to LivewireSolarMN.com. How about this? A no-obligation analysis of your building and a report on how much money you could save. You don't know. That's why you call Troy and Tim. They're GLers, and they will take care of you once you say, I heard it on the podcast from the Rook, 651-688-2400, or go to LivewireSolarMN.com. This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. What does dedication, perseverance, resilience, and accomplishment best describe today? We think that would be the graduating classes of 2020. What we are most proud of for these graduates is their ability to overcome challenges and their pursuit of future opportunities. True to their perseverance and resiliency, these students found new ways to celebrate this milestone this spring. It puts a smile on all of our faces as we drive through those communities and still see hundreds of yard signs supporting these young people. These graduating students deserve the spotlight for they are Minnesota's future. Please join the Canopy Group in honoring your friends, relatives, and neighbors who represent the graduating classes of 2020. I'm not doing one here. Yeah. 
Here? Yeah. Over the music? Yes. All right. Well, I can get you. You know what? I can't get you a new deck. GL or Chris Miller, the owner of Aim High Construction, not only can he get you a deck or a roof, uh, he can get you a, that cruddy shed in your backyard, that rundown backyard of yours. He can pull that piece of crap out of there, get you a new shed. He can fix some lame railing that you have on your front. Or Kenny, he's he the can... dark star of construction. <laughs> he can get you a roof. He can encapsulate something, a kitchen, bathroom, basement. Aim you get me a sign? Yeah, aim <laughs> high construction. You know what? I bet you he could subcontract you a yeah. pretty quality sign. I'm going to Joe Cop uh, if I need a here sign. Here we go. Aim High Construction MN is the uh, website. We I just received his final estimate. I added a bunch of stuff on a few minutes ago. I gave him the okay. Get in here, tear this crusty old kitchen out, slap a new one in so I can put a for sale sign out front. Uh, but I did want to mention we had some hail earlier in the week. It sounds like parts of Minnesota are going to see some thunderstorms tonight. If you have hail damage, sometimes it's hard to tell. you got to get a contractor out there to look. AimHighConstructionMN.com. They're the guys. They have experience. They have that eye. They can tell you what you need, and they'll work with I'm your insurance company. <laughs> yep. Aim high, Pat. God Aim help high. me. Honest to God. Aim high. <laughs> what was I saying? I wonder if they can do pools. Uh, and financing is available, so you don't have to fear that insurance deductible. The website, like I said, aimhighconstructionmn.com. Chris Miller, a GLer. And boy, is he obsessed with detail. It, your job, it's going to be done right, no matter what your budget is. Put your hands in the air. Hey. Hey, hey, this is a rookie ad. Come on. Put, put, yeah. put your job. Let's go in here. The hands of a pro. <laughs> Aim high construction. Double the, double the rate. Aim high construction, MN.com. Thank you, Chris. 5960. <laughs> Patrick, I got a story for you. Patrick. I'm ready. I got a great email from Rebecca, who is Louis Cardinal's. Louis Cardinal was her grandfather. Okay. And she tells the story of back in the 50s, Louis was umpiring a town ball, town ball game in Meesville. And he took his two boys with him, Jake and Spike. And uh, they, uh, the boys could get a nickel for retrieving foul balls. So they had a system where... Uh, Jake's head high up in the bleachers, and he'd point to Spike, and Spike would go fetch him. And so one day, one game, they got about 10. And they were looking at the balls, and they said to each other, you know, our ball at home is a little ratty. Why don't we just keep one? And so they turned in nine, split up their nickels, and they're driving back to St. Paul. And Louie's eyeballing this. He gets damn near home, and he turns to the back seat, and he says, where'd you guys get that ball? And they said, well, you know, ours at home is getting a little rough, and we, so we, we brought one back from, from Meesville. Louie turns around, drives <laughs> back to Meesville, and, and knowing where the coach lived, went to his house, knocked on the door, interrupted the dinner of the, of the coach and his family, <laughs> handed him back the ball and said, these goofballs took one of your balls, I'll see you next time, and off they went and went home. I absolutely think that's a true story because that was Louie. And that is why I got Louie up there praying like hell for me to join him in the pearling games. I got Louie, Aunt Helen, and Aunt Peggy, I'm in Clover, man. Talk yeah, you, you got a hat trick up there. Yeah. Meanwhile... Yeah. That's, that's a great story, though. What an honest guy. Unbelievable. Yep. Yep. 
meanwhile, I'm actually going to spend this weekend in church about 12, 14 hours praying for Ruth Kingsburg. That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going uh, to be down on my knees. I'm looking for one of those places that doesn't even have padding, you know, the old wooden ones. And uh, I'm going to kneel there until my knees are bleeding for Ruth. Come on, yeah. Ruth. You can yeah. make it to uh, January 20th. Let's go here. Yeah, you she's got do nine lives, doesn't she? She got nine well, lives. I hope so. She needs them. We're gonna we're gonna get a real Nazi this time if he gets oh, the life. He gets one last swing on it. We're okay. gonna get a guy who actually doesn't even hide it that he's a Nazi. Wilhelm Meister Schmidt. Wilhelm Dietrich? I think you're having a little sunstroke. <laughs> no, I was actually, I was taking uh, the 45th president's advice. I was just in the pool. Uh-huh. Not only did I swim in the chlorine, I drank quite a bit of it. Too. <laughs> <laughs> to keep that virus away. You can't get it. You go in there. You swim around a little bit, and you take about 10 mouthfuls, and I think it's Royce, yeah. uh, we were speculating off the air, wondering if you're, uh, when you go into your very private pool in your backyard surrounded by a fence, do you even bother with swim trunks? I, I do not. I do not mm-hmm. use swim trunks, but I do keep on whatever undies I might have on at the time. You know, so, like, if I got the boxers, I'll go swimming in the boxers. Yeah, but I don't yeah. have this. I I don't you know make sure that I got this, but I do cover up you know, not because it would horrify, not because the front view would horrify anybody, but the back view might. So. Uh, and, and then the, the second question we had for you: Are you aware that in your town of Golden Valley, there is a place known as Bear Ass Beach? And yeah, have you I've been, been there over on uh, right off Worth Park, right? And, yeah, uh, yeah. Sweeney, Sweeney, is it Sweeney Lake? Uh, Sweeney or Twin or something like that. Yeah, they, it twin, yeah. They had it going there for a while, and then uh, they, they, when they developed more homes, they got rid of it and they started to raid it. But apparently, it's made a comeback. Now. Yeah. Well, any sports uh, in the uh, news? What are, what are those, who are tell rookie to shut up, will you? What? Who's rookie talking to? I'm hearing rookie. I'm not hearing him. Yeah, me neither. Uh, well, Rook, oh, where I are am. you? He's just—he was over here. He's sitting right next to me. I had the mic up, oh. but I was talking to uh, the lake detective, though, off oh. the air. Oh. Can we have him when we're when we're done with Pat? We are not going to have him today. That's okay. He's Good. on a case. Uh, yeah. Pat, this just broke. Uh, courtesy your guy Bob Nightingale, he talked to White Sox owner Jerry Reinsdorf, and he said that there will be painful decisions, and the layoffs have now begun with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, but they're going to play ball. I see that the testing, the last massive testing was uh, fantastic for baseball. They only had six positives among 1,500 or something, and only five of them were players. So uh, I think we're going to play ball. Uh, the layoffs are going to come out of their front office and uh, you know their minor league staff and things like that, I would guess, huh? From Reinsdorf? Yeah. Hey, Pat. They're gonna... Yes, sir. Uh, it turns out that Washington Redskins operations have been kind of a den of iniquity, huh? Ooh. Yeah, and uh, apparently they uh, didn't fire on some of the stuff that they uh, were working on. They couldn't uh, confirm, and obviously the lawsuits what uh, 
you know, there was supposed to be uh, more graphic stuff than uh, just, uh, you know, uh, outrageous sexual harassment. But uh, they didn't. Uh, the, the rumors of what was coming were even more powerful than what was uh, what wound up being uh, right about. What's interesting is they have these, uh, you know, what they had to sign non-disclosures, uh, so you couldn't, you know, you couldn't. Uh, say anything negative about the organization and you couldn't reveal anything that happened. So 14, only one of the 15 women uh, was uh, what, uh, was named because the other 14 were afraid they'd get sued. And the Washington Post went to the Redskins and asked them to waive these non-disclosures just to talk about the sexual harassment and they refused. So mm-hmm. they, uh, it, it's going to be interesting though if uh, the NFL puts enough heat on Snyder to make him make make him uh, uh, sell. sell but I, yeah. I don't. I don't think he will. Of course, a lot of these conspiracy theories theorists are saying that Bezos wants to buy the team, and that's why the Post did this. But I'm sure that uh, this this stuff's been flying around forever about that. Pat, where's name, go ahead? Uh, supposedly. Uh, some of the coaches and those guys were uh, involved in uh, in accepting these uh, gifts of uh, of favors, but uh, they, they they didn't they did not get to that point. They did not write that part of the story. Where is St. Thomas going to play D one football? Uh, they are going to play it right where they are. As long as they're in that Pioneer League, they're okay uh, because of uh, you know those. 5,000 people plenty for what they're going to be drawn for those games. But if they were to, uh, now, these these Division One non-scholars, these FCS non-scholarship teams, there's, uh, that's uh, in the Pioneer League, there's 10 or 11 of them now. They occasionally are sacrificial lambs to get a payday from North Dakota State and schools like this, right? Yeah. So, if they could you know, get a home and home with North Dakota State and get their arses kicked up there and then get their arses kicked down here or in South Dakota State or something like that, they could probably go over and play an alley on field. Mm-hmm. And and maybe the Drake game would get big enough for them in three, four years where they could play that in alley on field. But basically, they're going to stay right where they are. Hmm. Uh, you think, how do you think Marist is going to draw at St. Uh, Thomas, I, I don't think they're going to pack it in. No, probably uh, not. The Pioneer League is a disaster for uh, St. Thomas football. Uh, I mean, they really? got teams. They got teams from Poughkeepsie, New York, to San Diego, California. Yep, that's uh, that's a hell of a travel budget. <laughs> that is, that is. Now they they play eight conference games. Three of them will be against uh, Drake. Valparaiso and Butler, which are in a very close proximity of 600 miles. Oh, boy. <laughs> but uh, everything else is out over that. And uh, in five of the ten, ten opponents in the league are over 1,000 miles. So they're going to have to fly to all these places. And if you fly 60 football players and 10 coaches, and you know, you're going to have to fly almost 100 people. Mm-hmm. So you, Tommy's graduates, start writing those checks, baby. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I got enough problems. Now, now, if they do, 
Now, if they do decide that they need a new football stadium and a new arena, the rumors are strong that you're going to buy town and country and turn it into part of the campus. Boom. You know, you play there a round or two a year, actually. You? you know some people who walk. <laughs> <laughs> that, that rumor's been around for 15 years. Yeah. That was twenty. Well, that was twenty years. Twenty years. There's a reason all the old timers refer to it as town and Catholic. Yeah. Uh, that uh, <laughs> you know, I got to think there's some old, there's some St. Thomas guys that they lean on for money donations that probably wouldn't be happy if they bought their golf course. That's they right. Cut off <laughs> the spigot a little bit. So. Uh, just to give a guy a needle, I happen to know a guy who uh, uh, is a member there. And, yeah. uh, and uh, imagine that. And he's he's damn near seventy eight or seventy nine. He plays yeah. almost every day. And I, uh, I, I texted him. Hottest rumor via Royce, Town and Country <laughs> Club for sale to be sold to St. Thomas to build new stadium. I just I embellished the whole thing, and he, yeah. in capital letters all the way. He, it is not for sale. Twenty exclamation points. <laughs> Twenty. Yeah. That's pretty good for a seventy-eight-year-old. Yeah. Uh, any emojis? Did he have any emojis? Any emojis. Like, <laughs> he didn't have any emojis. He wouldn't know how to do an emoji. I was very thrilled to discover about two. Well, there is a middle finger emoji. You just go like middle finger, and it pops up on the screen, so you can. Yeah. When you're texting somebody, you can do that. That's uh, I didn't know that. Comes in very, comes in very handy. Yeah, it does. Well, sir, uh, you got to uh, dip in right. today. Come on, Ruth. We're praying for you, Ruth. Yeah. Ruth, come on, yep. come on, yep. Ruth. Hang in there. You can do it. And even if she does pass away, let's not announce it. Let's All just right. say <laughs> yeah. let's just, just put her in her chair. Let's just keep her in there with all the wires and stuff. And say, yeah, she's, uh, she's a little ill here, but I think we can make it all an operation. God almighty, like Ruth. a puppet. Go, Ruth. All right, go talk Ruth. to you later. Bye-bye. All right, goodbye. Yeah, I got to go. See you later. What the heck? Uh, gentlemen, yes. I have to go get a drink of water. You do? Right. Yeah. Well, then I'm going to tell you about the Chill Boys and chillboys.com. They are the most comfortable underwear you will ever own, hands down. Local Minnesota company. Rook, what are you rocking today? Which kind? Uh, I got the black ones on. Those are the performance ones. Ooh, performance. I like those a lot. Uh, the bamboo are a nice, comfortable fit. You want to see them? It, no, I'm good. Okay. Uh, it's going to be hot. And your boys need to stay cool. It's going to be hot if you see him, yeah. Chillboys.com. That's the website. They're a local Minnesota company, and you place your order, boom, you get it just like that. They ship almost everywhere in the continental U.S. Local Minnesota company. Support a program that supports Garage Logic at Chillboys Brand on Twitter. When you make your purchase, please let them know that you heard about it on the Garage Logic podcast. Chillboys! University of Garage Logic 98. College of Self Esteem. Zip. Nada. Nothing. Here's Joe Souchere. I'm just sitting here thinking of the, the advertisers here on GL are about the last people we can count on these days. Thank goodness for the people that spend money with GL. We love Are you, you doing all. an ad right now? DK Mags, oh. they give us a much. No, I'm doing a show here, Such. Play along. <laughs> I was trying to listen Jeez. to the song. Trying to hear the uh, song. 
DK Mags, they give us, what a great advantage they give us during this climate. Uh, they're up on Old 8 in New Brighton, and don't forget Monticello Pawn and Gun. And it's everything we need from personal protection, home protection, hunting, sports shooting, whatever you're into. And you GLers, boy, you're lined up out the door keeping the fellas very busy. They offer us everything we need. Solid facts, great prices. Uh, everything firearms related. But remember, you're not going to be able to walk in there and uh, clean off the shelf. They're limiting uh, limiting some of, the, uh, some of the stuff you can buy to just a few because they want to keep inventory on hand for all of us. Uh, and make sure when you are in there and you're, you know, spending your cash and getting the goodies and the toys that you mentioned that you're a GLer because that allows the relationship to continue. And law enforcement, oh, we love you military veterans first responders oh we need you we need you we need you you're going to get another five percent off if you're in there so make sure you uh, mention that dkmags.com they're on old aid up in new brighton or monticello pawn and gun a couple of wonderful wonderful shops for glers run by glers good luck to you shane and brainerd writes just thought i would forward this video of my six-year-old she took of herself, without my knowledge, I might add, pretending, pretending to be part of the show from the back seat of the car. The older two boys, or the older two, have your intro completely memorized, but prefer the normal one as opposed to Keeler. Even they think he sounds like a moron. Take care, Shane and Brainerd. Well, it's this, it's this six-year-old girl who's mouthing the words of the crabby coffee shop, Ooh. and I'm, I'm just so grateful to these GL kids that are listening. Uh, usually a kid like that would be bugging her dad to play some music or something, but we're, we're learning of all these kids. We've got the seven-year-old in Woodbury and this kid up in Brainerd. I think it's fantastic. Uh, Steve and Julie Wilson, we know them. Yep, mm-hmm. up yes. in uh, Aiken. Brainerd, Aiken. Yep. Uh, hail to the king and his gestures from the west shore of Fort, Fork Lake in Aiken. This week, we have heard compelling arguments why wearing a mask makes sense. There is probably some validity in the logic. However, I wonder what the price of a smile is. Joe, you speak often of our social fabric breaking down. One of the quickest ways of establishing a healthy social situation is a smile. When you go to a gas station or a store and someone smiles at you, it's a signal that things are okay. Similar to the notion of removing one's hat when you walk into an occupied building, Reavers, it declares that I'm not here to cause trouble. The road of anonymity that we're being led down is going to erode our social unity and keep us all on our own islands throwing Twitter hand grenades at each other. I don't see this changing anytime soon because there are always going to be viruses. Always have been, always will be. Personally, I would rather catch the virus rather than lose my gal's smile at the local hardware store. What do you think of that, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, who's this? Oh, uh, Jeff writes, and so it begins. On his July 2nd radio show, Dave Ramsey announced the cancellation of his SMART conference, which was scheduled to be a Target Center in Minneapolis on November 7th. He cited the defunding of the police and lack of security as one of the reasons he does not want to put people in an unsafe situation. Those who have been through the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace Course know how valuable and life-changing this information can be. This was an opportunity for many people of all races and income levels to learn how to get out of debt, make wise everyday financial decisions, and hear other renowned speakers pertaining to life and money. 
this was also an opportunity for hundreds of local people to work the event in concessions, maintenance, custodial capacities, ushers, parking attendants, etc. The decisions of the Minneapolis City Council and the general anti-business climate in our state right now has just cost Minneapolis hundreds of thousands of dollars in lost revenue and job opportunities. This is just one event. How many more will follow? God help us. Good luck, Jeff Pedro. It's, that's going to become inevitable, isn't it? Mm. Uh, Tim writes, the Mount Rushmore fireworks display occurred exactly two weeks ago. Prior to this event, we heard dire warnings from environmentalists that it would do great damage to the environment and likely start forest fires in the Black Hills. There were no forest fires in the Black Hills. Commenters, uh, commentators were also aghast that the governor did not make masks mandatory at the event. So how did that work out? From Thursday's Washington Post. As thousands gathered, mostly unmasked and without social distancing, some warned the event could lead to a spike in infections. But almost two weeks after the event, officials from the South Dakota Department of Health said they had not seen an uptick in Pennington County, where the event was held. They also said they have not received notifications that tourists who came from other states have reported infections connected to the event. Here's some more positive news for Positive Friday. Since it's been 14 (laughs) days since Reaver's trip to God country, he can now emerge from quarantine and start hoarding meatloaf again (laughs) from from Grunhofer's. Do you know that because of the support uh, GL Podcast listeners has given to uh, uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, Spencer is adding on to the store. 2,500 square feet. Sorry, Spence. Sorry, Spencer. (laughs) To make more sausage and more meatloaf. And beginning yesterday, Rook, and for the next two weeks... Spencer has uh, got a contest going to give away a quarter side of beef. Ooh. The beef has been farm-raised in Hugo by Spencer Grunhofer. Stop by the store anytime in the next two weeks to register. The value of this prize is 856 bucks. Wow. Spencer will pull one name from all the entries on Thursday, July 30th. Spencer will call you, and you can stop in to claim your prize at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, uh, it's at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. It's become the meat capital of the world. Uh, brats, tomahawk steaks, burgers, rookie burgers, meatloaf, salmon, shrimp skewers. Uh, didn't you try those, Rook, when you went there? And uh, yes. Didn't and get us anything? No, they're fabulous. Anything? And I also should mention that we had the meatloaf this week. Yeah. And I went in the next day to get a nice meatloaf sandwich. Yeah. It was all gone. It was, no! it was all my... And the boys were gone, so it was just the girls. So the girls devoured oh. it, and I didn't get any meatloaf sandwich. I didn't get any seconds. It was horrible. Well, your That's first mistake best. is you bought one meatloaf. I know. I know. I should have bought two. The best part of, of Spencer's meatloaf is the sandwich the next day. I was so excited, and I was so let down. So uh, that just shows to go, yeah, how good that meatloaf is. That's my life, Rook. That is my life. The hell, life Sophia? Right you don't even eat meat. And hardly. by the way, the, the picture I just showed you, yeah, this is that? this is the meatloaf that Spencer had done in the uh, the smoker, the smoke fire grill oh. from Fratelloni's. Yeah, the smoke so, fire, the Weber one that you yes. can get at Frats? Yes, yes. Okay, so, that's what you want to do, bras. Wait a minute, Rook. So what? Sophia's a vegetarian unless it's meatloaf from Spence. Right, right. She'll do that and she'll do steak. So the tri-tip, she'll do that as well. But she'll only eat Grunhofer's meat. That's it. Otherwise, it's, I don't know, chestnuts and uh, what do you call them? The potatoes, sweet potatoes. Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. Uh, Reavers made me aware of this story earlier in the week, and I'm getting an email today from Gary Dinert. 
Uh, I don't know if we're onto a big story here or not, but hundreds and hundreds of books regarding American history, including Native Americans like Sitting Bull and famous Sioux chiefs, foreign nations far and wide, the Holocaust, and even Mr. Rogers, were found in a dumpster behind Sunrise Park Middle School in White Bear Lake. No sign of any fishing Fiction books, just nonfiction regarding history, cultures, wars, tyranny, communism, politics, etc. Now, he claims they are trying to erase history, and I can't understand why not donate perfectly good and relevant books to a library or cultural centers. This is sad. And then Fox 9 did a story on it and quoted the principal saying, well, we tried to give them away, but these are outdated and they're old and whatever. I don't know. I don't know if we are witnessing a cleansing here, if, oh, if the State Education Association is, is issuing a cleansing of our history, or if this was an honest uh, replacement of a bunch of books, uh, in, which case, in which case, why were they so wasteful? Give them away. Right. Give them to the library. Yeah, yeah that uh, quote, yeah, by I was, the way. I was, go ahead, Ken. Go ahead, man. Uh, uh, well, I was just thinking, I was being greedy, thinking of myself. I want all of those history books. I want every single one of them. Yeah, I'm sorry. The quote from that administrator gets this. Uh, we don't know that. Amen. Uh, <laughs> dumpsters full of books. Oh, that breaks my heart. And, and, and then this is the same type of school that'll proselytize about recycling and uh, you know, be careful of your paper products, children. We don't want to harm the earth and cut down trees. Then what the hell were you throwing away the books for? Uh, well, that's the Joe, whole thing. People taking uh, such great license on their own. On their, yeah. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be. Yeah. I'm more in touch with my feelings and history than anybody ever. We can't do well, this. All right, all right. Let me great. let me look let me look this up, and and then you guys, uh, you. When I come back, I'll give you the quote from the school's uh, principal. Are you saying that we probably should step aside because we need a scramble? Is that what you're saying, bro? Yeah, I, I am. Okay. Word. It's party time, bro. Yep. Look out, Gorman's. Here I come. Midway liquor. Finally. Elevated. Elevated. I mean, elevated Friday. liquor. They're dropping it off of my house. Such a I great went to Elevated yesterday. You did? Yeah. What a great service they have. Delivery for five bucks. It's the Scramble. Yes, Woo-hoo! it is. And it's brought to us by our friends at Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Kenny made a stop yesterday. Reavers just placed an order 30 minutes ago. Oh, he's on the wheels. He's following. I'm on the, uh, the map quest. I got my map right here. If you're not familiar, they're the best bottle shops in the Twin Cities in South Minneapolis at Hiawatha and 42nd and in White Bear Lake at Highway 61 and 4th Street. Because right, Mayor, we own Highway 61 and Garage yep, Logic. I'll see. But place your order, as Rook mentioned, for a flat fee of $5.99. They will Worth ship that. it right to your front door or your place of business if you are inside the 694-494 loop. So if you're not, move. Right. Or have it delivered to work. <laughs> right. That's handy for you, uh, um, um, Sushere, because you usually have your stumble on and you run out. That means you can't get on the scooter. You what can't a guy. Get in the car, I don't. And you got to keep it going. 
And by the way, uh, do what Elevated did and check out our friends at Harmony Spirits. They're the newest member of the Garage Logic family. That's really good. How good is that whiskey, by the way, Rook? Uh, The bourbon. I still don't know because uh, obviously, you know, we we wanted to keep you at bay for a little bit. We're uh, we're gonna ease you into it. But if you're down there, they have a great uh, tasting room, and their patio service has a limited menu, and outdoor seating is available today and tomorrow from noon until 9 p.m. And then Sunday from 12 to 5, handcrafted spirits made right here in the state of Minnesota. They have the vodka, the gin, rum, the bourbon whiskey, the straight whiskey. It's mm. phenomenal. All of the uh, products have been tested by most of the staff here in Garage Logic, and it's uh, it's two thumbs up. But uh, give those guys a call if you'd like to pre-order, whatever you want to do. But also, when you stop into your neighborhood liquor store, request Harmony Spirits. That's how they're trying to grow their brand. So walk into your store yep. and have them order it and uh, let them know at Harmony that you heard about it on the Garage Logic podcast. The school that dis- dis- disposed of the books is Sunrise Park Middle School in White Bear. The principal is Christina Pierre, and she sent out a community letter uh, setting forth what they had done, and they had tried to give them away, but many people wouldn't accept them because of COVID-19 restrictions, and they're just updating their library and on and on and on. I'm going to choose to believe at this moment uh, that this isn't a purging of history, that this is probably something they routinely do as the schools continue to waste money. They just throw away books. What would COVID have to do with donating books? Oh, because books can't be cleaned and people don't want to touch a book. Yeah, people that wear their masks in the car, so, you know. I think you're an optimist, Joe, but I'll uh, I'll just too. stand behind you. I work. I believe with. I believe Rook. I think you're an optimist. See, one final note, please, during the scramble. Go. Yes. yes. This is a great note from Bert. I think he's got a great idea. Joe, I read the editorial by our esteemed city council members. He's talking about the one yesterday calling for defunding the police. I think gibberish is about the best word to describe this stuff. While listening to you, though, I came up with a term for language like this, rhetorical graffiti. I love that. Lots of flowery words put together to appear useful, but are really just hollow sloganeering. Uh... Solanese or uh, rhetorical graffiti. And he says, I gotta love de Blasio's words about being safer with fewer criminals in jail. Also, my house is less on fire when I set fire to it. War is peace. <laughs> Straight up doublespeak. Uh, people should read a little 1984 or Brave New World. No luck on Neo Wise, Bert. Uh, he's talking about the comet that we're all going to try to see. Rhetorical graffiti is what the uh, salon speaks. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it doesn't mean anything. It's mm. rhetorical graffiti. Well, boys, have a nice hot weekend, huh? Oh, she gonna be warm I am, outside. Uh, I'm ready. It's this is. Uh, let it begin, as, they, uh, as the good Lord said when He made the world. Let it begin, and this oh, continues. Oh, I forgot to give my Harmony Spirits bourbon recipe that I did the other day. It's really uh, simple. You know, it. I'm a bartender by trade. Yep. You go about a four count of bourbon whiskey. Count slow. Three ice cubes. One. There we go. It's a great recipe. Joe's on two. two. <laughs> Three. It's got to be a tall cup. Four. Oh, there we go. And just a little bit extra. You need a pail for your Four and suit. a half. And you can sip that while you're looking, staring at your smoke fire grill made by Weber that you can purchase at Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Service. I'm going over there right now for some construction strength glue. Wings, uh, chicken drummies, whatever you want to smoke, you can. Check it all out. Also, PodMN on your smartphone, PodMN.com on your computer. Check it all out for all your Minnesota podcasts. See you next time.